This is the Heath in Pursuit podcast with Heath Hollandsby. Each week we'll have a conversation with various folks who are actively engaged in the pursuit of truth. This is a show where anything can be discussed and probably will. A podcast for the seekers, the dreamers, the restless, the hurt and the broken. This is a podcast for you. Welcome to Heath in Pursuit. Thanks, James, and welcome to episode number 31 of Heath in Pursuit Podcast. I'm Heath Hollinsby, curating this next uh, conversation. And I don't even have a name for this topic yet because um, I don't know really where it's going to go. I have an idea, and uh, an idea is enough, but I don't want to create a whole title off of this before we got started. But I do have two very special guests with me, uh, my friends Julie Judy and Beth Campbell. Hello. 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 Uh, I know these two fantastic ladies from a time in a a church that we were at together, and we actually went to China, and I think we spent how long there? Two weeks? Two and a half? I think it's like 14 days. It was a long time. Yep. Jumping through China. and uh, 12 hours on a plane. Oh, yeah. With no television, remember? Right. I had no TV. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we got like an hour into the flight and they're like, yeah, you're not gonna have TV. So I completely forgot about that. That's how I knew. Okay. Looking back hindsight, I should have grabbed a parachute and jumped, but you know, oh, that on, 12 hours on a plane, the yeah. flying fart tube. Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't the longest flight I've ever done, but that was like, that was enough that when I landed and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a long trip, not because of the company, <laughs> but because of just the you know the weather and all that but i i would love and i'm sure the people that listen to show would love to hear a little bit about memories you have of our time in china together that could be good or bad or whatever but uh what do you guys what do you guys remember from that trip my first thought was kind of the way you were just saying that it was a weird form of presbyterian hazing (laughs) exactly (laughs) there's just a mere like China is almost an assault on your senses and every Every single one of them all at the same time. And it can be a little bit overwhelming, but I will say I'm glad I did it. Okay. Me too. I thought the, there were a lot of lessons to be drawn from the individuals that we had a chance to get to know the church we visited, um, and just the Chinese culture in and of itself. Mm. I ate foods. I didn't ever see myself trying, but I did it. Yeah, some animals you didn't even know existed. Exactly, and yeah. insects and yeah. jellyfish, that that's actually an entree. Yeah, sea cucumbers, mm-hmm. fried fish looking at you. Yeah, yeah, the eyeballs and the fish fish head soup. Oh, yeah, and you're not a, you're not a big uh, fan of new, new things like that, are you? No, I basically survived on little um, peanut butter cups that I brought from home <laughs> and Seattle's best chocolate. Yeah, the peanut butter. Yeah, you, yeah. you made your own like homemade Reese's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, and not to not to make it sound like they didn't try. I mean, they, the hospitality was fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah, 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 for sure. They made every effort for us to have an authentic Chinese experience. I loved it. I saw pictures of that. I tell people like yeah. I've eaten some yeah. weird. Oh, you stuff. were you're watching you like experience joy through eating was really fun. It was irritating because yeah. I was like. Why is he liking this so much? This isn't fair. Yeah, yeah. But genuinely, I could see that you were having a pretty good time with food. Yeah, like put me on Fear Factor. I can handle that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were there, you're right. It was the assault on the senses because um, if I remember right, it was, I don't want to exaggerate. I think it was 120-ish degrees, 115 degrees, something like that, with humidity, full humidity. Yeah. I, I don't know 120, but I know at least got to 110. And okay. at that yeah. point, it feels it like feels like 50. It doesn't matter. Satan's oven, yeah. yeah. Yes. And then you're like, and then you're outside, you're you're jet lagged, 
And then you'd go into these, and again, look, I love China. I love the Chinese people. I would, I would go back at an, at a cooler time of year. Um, and probably, you know, vacation a little differently than this trip, but you're walking through markets and it's hot and there's people everywhere. And they're not right, literally right next to yeah. you. Personal yeah. space is out the window. No, it doesn't exist. And then there's like every half second there's new smells and they're not like <laughs> anything you've ever smelled before. So it's not like, you know how like when you walk through like a Nordstrom and you're like the perfume section, you're like, yeah. oh, that was a lot. This was like... It just smelled horses ass. Yeah, yeah. It, it, seriously, it's like you had animals, guts, and fish, yeah. and uh, and then yeah. people slopping into you, and they're sweaty, right. and I'm sweaty, and it's hot. and Well, and their sense of like hygiene yeah. is, you know, they have a wider berth for what how they prepare things, I think, yeah. than we do in the United States. Yeah, we're just and unfamiliar with it, right? Yeah. died, but yeah. when you're seeing it for the first time, it's like, I, I don't... I don't think I want to eat that soup that you just cut your finger off in. I'm not yeah, sure, yeah. you know. I'm not sure that's how, how, how we're supposed to do this. Yeah. But you do it and you live and we're still here a couple yeah, years later. Yeah, we all made it. We definitely yeah. did make it. And we got to see some cool stuff and meet amazing people, right? Like Yes. We well, and you're, um, you got to be part of, you know, the worship piece of it. And, yeah. Which was awesome. And I think that's, Beth and I have talked about this. That was some of the most meaningful parts is you yeah. know, when you yeah. would engage with the music, you and Heath. I mean, Keith, excuse yeah. me, sorry. The other Keith. Yeah. The other, yeah, the other, the other, the other, Heath. The other um, white, the other white Heath. Yeah. Yeah. His little song of the, oh, the Jesus song he sang. Oh, so good. Amen. The amen. That's right. Yes. The amen. Like that was. So just... Keith, yeah. For people that know, Keith is a, he's, he's a man. He's, he is such a quality human, but yeah. he's, he's what? Six, mid sixties. Probably. Yeah. I would think so. Early six, six, he's late fifties. Yeah, he's about my height. Curly hair. He was Very a school soul. teacher. Yeah, so yes. kind, so yes. calm. We'll always like say the right thing. I think he probably found Beth and I wasn't sure of our irreverence and sarcasm sometimes. Yeah. I don't know that he knew. Like we were just kidding. Yeah, he was very predict. Like he was one of those guys. He 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 always plays safe. Like a, mm-hmm. not a risk taker. Like right. very predictable. Right. Uh, but very um, conservative. Yeah. Yeah. And trustworthy. Like yeah. if Keith Very says he's going to be somewhere, he shows up. It's not mm-hmm. like right. you get a call five minutes before like, hey, yeah. can't make it today, dude. Well, uh, and he brings so much to the table. I mean, I yeah. had engagement with him when we, in fact, you and I together. Yeah, yeah. He was all part of the arts team or whatever yeah. we called ourselves. But his skill set is phenomenal. Oh, I mean, it's amazing. He can sit down and probably explain, you know, a piece on Bach and all about that. But then he can turn around and build a barn. Yeah, he's uh, he's he is a... <laughs> He's an amazing guy, yeah. but to see him come alive, yeah, that was the funniest thing. Is like he starts this song and he gets like yeah. this black gospel bluesy oh, and he's soul, tall and he's got this like kind of curly, kind of poofy hair. Yeah, yeah, it and, was just so ironic. The, you've got all these beautiful Chinese faces, and yeah. they're much shorter than him. You know, and yeah. him just like getting into that song. I'd never seen him. Me neither. So right. animated. And, no. Yeah, I was like, who way. who dropped him right. a tablet right. of LSD? Because <laughs> right. Keith's feeling this right now, right. and it's awesome. Like it was. Yeah. It was. It was a. It really truly was a highlight. Yes. I think. But we got to do Great Wall. We got to see some amazing cities. Meet really cool people. Yeah. Understand some of the dynamics of how religions influenced by government and. Um, I think that's the takeaway too. Is is seeing that the part where. You know, they're, they're, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but they've, they've accepted the government's presence yeah. in their, 
um, expression of faith. Yeah, and yeah. they don't, I think Americans are so quick to like step up for our rights and sure. this is wrong. And, and I didn't see any of that. It yeah, was yeah. more like, okay, this is what we need to do and how we're going to adapt right. to it. And right. I found yeah. that pretty fascinating. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Beth? Yeah, I, I did too. In fact, um, I met a woman over there and I'm still in contact with her. Um, wow. so, and I went over there, it was a music, um, Mission, sort of, yeah, and I can't sing, I'm not artistically inclined, so basically I just went there kind of to just to see China, and lo and behold, I connected with this woman, Um, uh, we both have suffered from bouts of depression, and um, it's amazing, I'm still in touch with her, and um, it's, it was, it it was a life-changing trip. Would you have guessed at that time that, what, five years, six years later now, you'd be still in communication and, and at the level of friendship that you are? No, no. And, and when Co- it was, it's pretty, it shows how much this woman really cares. It's like when COVID started breaking out here, and of course, it, they already had it in China, and she wanted to send me masks right away. Oh, wow. And um, I just thought... She, you know, she's just so kind and yeah. It, yeah. I'm so glad you guys are still in touch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't write back and forth as much as probably used to, but still, um, we aren't still in touch. Oh, that's amazing. I'm really, I'm glad to hear that. Now I would say it was a really fun experience and then I stopped working at the church, so I don't see you guys nearly as often, but, and, but then I can't remember Julie, like how did, how do we get on top? So what we want to kind of talk about today is a bit about wrestling with God. And it's an idea that I'm actually stirring around. I have two books that I'm getting ready to start writing. One of them is, uh, well, I won't tell all the, one of them is on the concept of wrestling with God. And somehow, how did that, how, what did we connect on recently that it was like, I've been thinking about that. Let's do this. Because I'm actually, I'm a little bit trying to recall memory wise, and I'm not sure we were talking about something. It was another topic that led us into saying, well, you made this comment. You said, you know what? I think a lot of people in the church are uncomfortable with the concept. I'm paraphrasing yeah. what you actually yeah, wrote. Yeah, sure. Which is, you know, wrestling with God. Yeah. And I responded back. I said, yeah, I think that's, that's a very common thing that people, one, probably misunderstand what it really means. Yeah. The purpose of it. And I think that it can be a spiritual practice, actually. Yeah. And so we said, let's do a podcast on this and let's get the, the band back together. And we just had a... Really amazing salad and soup and grilled cheese, and now we're eating some cookies and drinking some lemonade water and getting ready to talk about wrestling with God. Yeah. And we're back together. This is fun. So, yeah, so my concept of wrestling with God, um, it's still in development. And, and the reason it is is because I don't, I'm not sure where I want to land with yet. Part of it was recognizing that the last couple of years have been a really interesting time of my life spiritually as as i say a lot on the show i want i want to i want to make spiritual things beautiful to people that have ears to hear and and eyes to see and a desire to want to see that and i think that a lot of that gets hijacked by what we call either christian culture or the, the the churches that we live in or work in or 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 attend and one of the things that no one really prepared me for is how many nights over the last couple of years I felt my faith slipping away. Mm-hmm. And 
And that's not something that most pastors get up and preach on, or it's not most like triumphant stories in books of like, yeah, I can't sleep at night because my, my thoughts on spirituality are, are disorienting or this ball of yarns coming apart. And, um, and then I started to research, I've been, you know, in conversations, I've been joking with people. Uh, at first it wasn't really a joke, but now looking back, it kind of is, is this sense of like, it's been like a two year long dark night of the soul. It's like a fog that just won't lift. Um, and, and I, and I was starting to get more and more irritated the more I hear people talking about victory and triumph and, you know, overcoming and, and I just felt like if that was a case and I'm a fighter, I'm, I'm scrappy when I need to be. And for some reason, this fog, like, like depression just wouldn't lift. Mm-hmm. And, and I went to everything to try to fix it. I went, you know, alcohol and drugs. And, I mean, you know, whatever else it might be trying to figure out, like, how do I get this thing to lift? How do I get out of this funk? And I just couldn't do it. But I felt, uh, I came across this book, this old teaching from an, from an, a Christian saint that was called the dark night of the soul. And as I started reading that, <clears throat> I started recognizing that that was actually a badge of honor for people throughout the Christian faith. Like a lot of desert fathers, a lot of the early mystics wouldn't really consider you having gone through the process of growing in your faith unless you had a season of yeah. the loneliness and the darkness. And yeah. and mm-hmm. I always felt like it was pacified, like, well, well brother, just hang in there. It's going to get yeah, better. I think, yeah, I think what I was saying earlier, I think we tend to sanitize things that are really difficult. And I am not recalling part of where our discussion was that led to where we are today is... I, I think I may have made a comment that I think people are uncomfortable stating that they're disappointed with God. Hmm. And I yeah. came to that first realization that I was having some disappointment. It's interesting that you talk about China because it was the second year that I went back huh. that I had a really profound moment um, with some of our team. One of our team members, he was just a quality man, strong man of God. I was on a walk with him one day and I think he noticed I was walking really fast. And I said, well, sometimes walking fast is a way of working through anger. And somehow I got onto the subject of some things I was struggling with. And he's like, you know, I'd really, if you're, if you're open to this, I'd like for some of us to pray over you. And I was like, okay. And, um, and I don't mean to make it sound like I don't see that as a gift, but part of me was like, I was, I think the resistance came from okay, I know this isn't just going to be an exercise of simplicity. This is probably going to mean something if I allow these people to really pray over these very specific things. Yeah. And to condense, to d- condense what happened um, is I found myself several hours later um, with f- four members of our team, literally like hands on me, while one of them walked me through asking questions about some things I was really battling and dealing with. And, you know, in that process, I heard myself say, and I'm really angry with you, God, for allowing, in that particular case, I was talking about not having children. Yeah. Now, if you remember the year before when you and I went to China, I had given kind of a talk. We had gone to visit. Um, some members in a church, we went to that, uh, that kind of high rise apartment building yeah, and yeah, yeah. shared a little bit of my story and how 
basically what I was trying to say is, you know, even if you don't, even if you're struggling with things or not everything works out the way, the way that it should, God is still worth loving and trusting. Sure. And, and I meant what I said then. Yeah. But I think after that day, I had really been permeating on this thought, like, do I really think God is good? Because if I were going to lay down right now all the things I got going on here, I don't know that I would add up. Yeah. Honestly saying, oh, yeah, I love him really. I love him a lot. He's great. Yeah. I felt like, no, actually, he kind of sucks sometimes. And the last, um, so there was that moment then, you know, in 2018 when I realized I was really disappointed with him. Mm. And it felt really uncomfortable to state it, but it also felt unbelievably freeing to be like, I'm going to be honest with you first time. I don't really like you right now. Yeah. And um, as if he's some like, or, you know, as if God is some like feeble, insecure creature that can't handle somebody saying right. they're frustrated. Like, yeah. Right. But he felt to me, it felt like he was pouring out favor in ways that I didn't really feel like he was blessing me. Huh. And I feel terrible saying that because I don't believe God just like measures us all up and says, Oh, well you, you get this and you yeah. get that. Um, and then the last two years of my life, I was in a role with an organization. I loved, I loved the people. Mm-hmm. I loved the mission. I absolutely hated my job. Oh, I didn't okay. realize it. Yeah. It was a two year. I wrestled literally with God for the last two years. Mm. Um, and it was a challenge because when I first came to the realization, how much I hated my job, I was so deep in it at that point. I didn't see an exit plan. Yeah. And also on top of that, I had so many people praying for me when I first heard about the job. Yeah. So a, a close friend of mine recommended me, you know, highly. She actually shared the letter that she had written on my behalf. It was very humbling. Um, and, uh, you know, I had fought for this job. I had gone through four interviews. Um, I believe so strongly in the mission of what they do. Sure. I get into the job and, um, four months later, the entire world changed Hmm. with COVID and I was in fundraising and development. My job was actually to be out in the community talking about what the organization was doing. Yeah. Didn't see that coming. No. Instead I found myself for at least a good year, immediate period of time stuck up in my office here in the house alone most of the day i'm a people person trying to connect with people i had never met yet yeah you're essentially in cold emailing that's exactly what i was doing you know and i hated it and it didn't and it was a real struggle and it was you know within five months of me starting this job Mm. and then i was like well i can't leave now and so for two years i asked god for an out Hmm. to the point and I, and I realize we've kind of gotten straight into this right now. Yeah, sure. I apologize if I'm monopolizing the conversation, but this dawned on me yesterday Yeah. that I'd gotten to the point where I was almost asking God to make me sick so I'd have a reason to leave. Oh, yeah. And um, the job almost took my life. Hmm. A week before our annual fundraiser, I was really contemplating ending my life. Yeah. I was very overwhelmed by some things that were happening at the moment where some logistical pieces were being changed at the last minute that I had spent five months preparing. Yeah. I had created video content yeah. uh, with both staff and volunteers that was I'd poured a lot of heart into. They had done as well. Yeah. And they had to make some changes to the program. I was really angry about it. Sure. Um, 
you know, I had stakeholders with their opinions. There was the whole dynamic of whether or not we should meet in person versus where we shouldn't meet in person. Yeah. This was the second year, which we were actually at that point, social distancing was allowing us to gather in groups, sure. but there had been a lot of controversy as to what size that should be. I was hearing pressure on both sides of that. Mm. And I also had this goal of what I had to raise for funding. And I, I was just at a point where I'm like, I, I hate this job. I hate yeah. myself. I hate everybody. Yeah. I don't want to do this. It yeah. affected my marriage in a really bad way. Um, all of my friendships suffered. I gave mm-hmm. up all of the activities that I used to love doing. Yep. Um, it would get to where like on Friday night, I would be so glad by 5 PM. At least you had a two week break or two day break if you could. Yeah. Although there was a period of time there where I was working between 55 to 70 hours a week. Wow. And, um, just to keep up with some of the responsibilities. And I know people would say, Oh, you don't really have to do that. Well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Yeah. And when you have people calling you, you know, at 11 PM at night, your stakeholders asking you stuff, it's, you know, I had to learn how to set boundaries, but it was really hard. Yeah. And so I got to the point where I was just like, you know, Lord, if you could just make me sick, yeah. then I'd have an out. Yeah. I left my job on October 1st. On January 14th, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Jeez. And there was this moment for a brief second where I just went, okay, I know I didn't manifest this. Yeah. There's no way. And by the way, I this is the first time I've talked about this. I've never told, my husband doesn't even know that yeah. I actually was thinking to the point of like, if I could just get really sick. Yeah. So when I got that diagnosis, I was like, wow, this is really hitting home now. Mm. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. I am very grateful that I was given an opportunity that I was able to leave the position. Yeah. But I'm in a period now where I'm really evaluating just about everything Mm. and looking at life from the standpoint of God did get me through it. Sure. But it was hell. Yeah. You know, I had many times just praying, just saying, isn't there a way out of this? Yeah. And that door didn't, that door wasn't immediately made open. And so I interpreted that I needed to keep going. Yeah. And Beth can attest to the fact that, you know, it was, it was rough. It's interesting too, in that relationship with like this divine being, like, you know, in your story, if that was any other humans doing, right, if we believe, uh, or have this concept that God is in charge of everything. And he's allowing you, and and you can justify it with verses like he won't give you anything more than you can handle, and you're like, eh, I don't know if I believe you know, that anymore. You know, that's not really in the Bible, though. Yeah, that's the it's said all the time, it's right? It's said all the time. Yeah, yeah. But actually, it's not actually anywhere. In yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should reread that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But there's also a sense of like, it's hard too, because there, if that was any real, if those circumstances were dictated by any specific relationship, even like a spouse or a father or friend or. There would be some serious trust that has to be rebuilt. Yet mm-hmm. something about that relationship with this divine being is like, yeah. it was a rough season and back to loving God. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Some of this right. darkness is like, yeah. I don't feel like we have the conversations that we used to. And right. I don't feel like I can trust you being good well, I feel right like, now. Okay. What else are you going to ask of me? I've mm-hmm. already done yeah. all this. Like what more are you going to keep asking of me? Like I don't have anything more to give. Yeah. So where do I go from here? Yeah. Are you trying to squash me to like, are you, are you trying to like push me to the furthest? 
That's, I mean, it, it has felt like, okay, so we're given, I mean, I grew up with this belief, you know, that we are all given spiritual gifts and we all have purpose. Yeah. And I think those things are good, but I think where I'm at now, where I'm just saying, God, can you just love me right where I'm at? If I never leave this space I'm in right now, will you love me unconditionally in that? Yeah. I want to believe that he does. Yeah. The challenge that I have right now is, is trusting that and that I don't have to keep proving myself to him. Hmm. And I think that's where my wrestling is where I'm at now is this, do I have to keep proving to you, God, that I really do love you, that yeah. I do want to follow you. Yeah. And I'm guessing that that's not his voice telling me that, hmm. but I don't know how to change that either. Yeah. I mean, and I want to get to that point. Yeah. And I think it starts with me being honest with him. Yeah. Well, and I think for me is that we, the only relationships we have to compare is human relationships. And unfortunately, we're going to get disappointed, hurt, and all that. And I started struggling, struggling a little bit these last few weeks um, we started a sermon series on forgiveness, and for me, that is really hard. I'm a rule follower. I expect other people to follow the rules, and if they don't, they need to pay the consequences. Hmm. So I went through some some self-examination, and um, okay, I, I can see where I was really hurt with some stuff, and that, okay, by humans, and it's like, well... I know their intent was not to hurt me. I know it was, in fact, to protect me. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, well then, why did God allow any of that to happen? Hmm. And, you know, do I need to now ask God or forgive God for allowing these things to happen and not answering certain prayers that I had? And so for me, that's where I'm struggling. That's a really cool struggle. I've never heard anyone talk about the concept of forgiving God. Yeah. And maybe that's a concept, you know, there's maybe, maybe reasons for that, but you know, if God does no wrong or whatever, but, but there, there is a sense of forgiveness having to be like, if you feel wronged, Mm -hmm. then even if the person didn't do wrong, there still is some forgiveness maybe in your heart that needs to be done. And I've never thought about that idea of maybe searching kind of my soul to go, do I believe that God has offended me in some way that like I wasn't, that I feel like he needs to be forgiven. Like that, that I've never considered that. Well, if you think within the Christian tradition, yeah. we are always being reminded that we've been forgiven. Yeah, yeah. That we're in the middle of Holy Week, by the way. This is the middle of Holy Week. This is not an accident that we're having the conversation about this right now. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think you can approach it. One of the things I admire so much about Beth with this particular topic and, and, and issue that she's working through is she's really gone deeper than like the Sunday morning sermon and looked at some other material that spoke to this specifically and examined it and said, well, and this is where I see the wrestling of faith, right? It's like you hear something and you're like, well, what do I think I'm hearing here? What is being stated? What is God yeah. actually stating here? Yeah, yeah. 
And, and not trying, like, hopefully this isn't coming across, like, I'm trying to say, like, well, what does God want from me? And this is all about me. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. And I'm not trying to change God to be made in my image. Yeah. I, don't, I don't hear Beth saying that either. But it's more of this, like, if why if God wants us to have this intimate personal relationship with him, then this doesn't mean that there really is truly a reason that God should be forgiven, but why would we not look at it also from the standpoint of every other relationship? Like, yeah, I've actually been really hurt by you, God. Yeah, yeah. So why not at least go into that space? How? But the question then is, I think what I think you're asking is, how do you do that then where you retain that sense of God's holiness and his, um, you know, his all-knowing and the fact that he also knows, you know, what my life is going to look like 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, but when, when Beth and I were walking Chambers Bay, for those of you that don't know, it's a beautiful area here in the Pacific Northwest uh, that overlooks uh, the Puget Sound. And we've spent a lot of life together walking that path. And, yeah. and Beth kind of just said, you know, I, I think I've realized I probably might need to forgive God. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I've never thought about that. Well, and, um, so the, the book that I used was by, um, Lisa Turkhurst and it's called forgiving what you can't forget. And she, she does do a chapter on, do I need to forgive God or something to that effect? And, um, I guess her answer is, we need to trust God. And I think, you know, again, for me, that's a really, that's a really big struggle. Cause it's like, you know, I go, why God? Why? Yeah. And when I know a lot of people that have, have ended up in really bad circumstances because they thought they trusted God the right mm-hmm. way and it backfired or, you know, and I wonder, so I was thinking like, when I was thinking about this topic, one of the, there's not much in scripture. There's two places that I really kind of think that there's an actual honest wrestle with God and they end very differently. Uh, one of them is obviously Job yep. wrestling with God yes. mm-hmm. and God, God can hold his own. I mean, he, you know, he, he didn't say, Hey Job, you know, I, feel like I can't even know. understand what you're saying. Cause your tone right now is just, no, it's like, <laughs> You know, Don't maybe you just said it a little voice. Yeah. Right. If you just said it a little bit nicer, maybe I could hear what you're, no, it's like, let me have it. And then God used the Trump card of like, all right, you done? Cause let me ask you some questions. Like, where were you when I created this? And like, right. You know, he does kind of, I don't want to say put him in his place, but yeah, he puts him in his place. Yeah. He, he, he Trump yeah. cards that conversation yeah. pretty well. Right. The other one is the story of Jacob wrestling with the angel. Now it wasn't really necessarily wrestling with God, but this is in Genesis, uh, 32. I believe it is 32 because yeah, yeah. I actually just recently read that. Yeah. So just re-familiarize myself with the story. Yeah. I think it's 32 or 23, somewhere right now. No, I think it's 32 or 32. <clears throat> so, uh, th- this, this concept. Now there's a lot of questions here in this, uh, and I'll just read these 10 verses and we'll discuss a little bit. And then, um, so it says that night. So we're at nighttime. Jacob got up and took his two wives. I already got questions. His two female <laughs> servants and his 11 sons <laughs> totally. and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So uh, Jacob got up, took it, took all these folks and all his possessions. And then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. 
When the man saw he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched, and he wrestled with the man. The man said, let me go, for it's daytime. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. So, so this man, this angel saying, let me go. We fought through the night. And Jacob's like, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. The man said, what's your name? Jacob answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you've struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Mm-hmm. And Jacob says, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Mm-hmm. The sun rose above him as he passed and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. So, first thought, Jacob's got two wives. Some some dudes listening are like, yeah! I'm like, nah, I can hardly handle one, right? Jacob sends his wives and his servants and his sons at nighttime across the river. I guarantee you, I do that. I'm getting a couple pretty oh, angry yeah. voicemails you read some of the things actually if you do his whole story even beforehand yeah where he sends them off and and says isn't doesn't he at one point say this is my sister not my wife yeah 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 i, I mean, mean right then and there to be like you know i think we're done yeah there's some there's some like if this shows up on divorce yeah. court there's gonna you yeah. know the judge is gonna be a little confused <laughs> yeah, yeah. right but I, I really thought something that struck me was i think jacob was fully prepared to die he took his family and mm-hmm. got him out of there. Right. He gave mm-hmm. all his possessions and he was alone. I had never thought about that before, but I think you're onto something. Yeah, I think he was like... He was prepared. This is the end. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to wrestle this out. And chances are, if I'm wrestling with God, this is going to end my life. I want to make sure my wife and my wives and my kids and yeah. my servants are safe and that they have everything they need. And they're in a safe spot and I'm going to fight this out alone. And I don't... I mean, for me... I, there were so many things in there. Jacob was left alone. The man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, which was interesting, mm-hmm. this angel couldn't overpower Jacob. That, that's some strong wrestle. He touched the socket. Eh, that's a... Kind of almost a dirty play. It's yeah, like, that's a... It, it is. And we've all watched sports movies where the person swipes the calf or does something that injures the other, play, in, other player in an illegal... Yeah, that's like if I'm trying to arm wrestle you and you pull out pepper spray. I'm like, right. oh, come on. Yeah. Like, who kind does of, that? It's, it's, that's a little bit of dirty play there. And I, and I had, again, another thought that I hadn't thought of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't know why. It's an interesting characteristic of the story. Yeah. Now... But Jacob didn't give up. No, and he's like, I'm not letting you go. The, the This God angel character saying let me go it's daytime and jacob's Mm -hmm. going i'm not letting you go um and then he and then he admits like your name your name is no longer jacob but israel because you've struggled with god and with humans and you've overcome and so i think there is a sense of wrestling with god to the point of god giving in because that's what happens in the story well i think that well you were going to say something yeah not necessarily like it's a a fair fight but it's almost like if my six-year-old daughter comes in the room and is like, dad, let's fight. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to slam her, to the body slam her to the ground on the hardwood floor. Cause that's, just it's, be mean. it's, yeah, it's not a fair fight, but I, right. we play and she feels like it's a good workout for yeah. her. And I guess what? I let her win. Do, do I have every intent on winning? Could, would anybody in a court of law go, that man could not take on his six-year-old daughter? No, but it's bigger than what's actually happening on the surface, which is one of the most subversive things of scripture is, You've got to read these stories as stories and going, yeah. no, there's this wrestle. And, and that's why I think I'm starting more and more to not really trust people that don't walk with a limp. When I see these, 
these people, especially yeah. towards the end of your life, and right. God wants you to have the nice things, and and you retire, and it's all great. And right. I can't relate to people like that. I find no. myself really feeling somehow that I'm less than. Yeah. Um, you know that part of it is I know I'm I'm usually pretty in touch with my emotions, so I'm I may not be the person who's going to cry right away, but I'm definitely going to have a reaction. Yeah. Typically my go-to reaction is one of anger. Um, and I've learned over the last two years that I can be to the point of almost violent anger, not Mm. like I'm going to go hurt another person, but just really, really angry. Sure. And I was angry at myself. I was angry at God. I mean, when you were just now talking about how Jacob may have realized that, you know, he wasn't going to live any longer. That's kind of how I felt with my job. And people would say, well, why don't you just quit? And I'm like, I can't, I've made this commitment that I was going to do this. And I said, I was staying until through the end of this auction, I can't walk away from this. And it was very hard to explain to people who'd say, yeah, but you're losing sleep. You don't look good. You've given up all of your favorite activities. Your marriage doesn't sound like it's healthy. You don't sound like you're physically healthy. Yep. Um, you certainly don't have a healthy relationship with the Lord right now. And I didn't other than asking for him just to get me through it. Yeah. Um, and you seem angry all the time. So why don't you just, maybe these are all the signs that you walk away. And I think much like Jacob holding on to that man saying, no, I can't, I need to finish this out. Yeah, 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 exactly. How I felt the one solace I take from all of this is. The night of the auction went phenomenally well. We raised more than what our goal was. And I know that was the Lord's way of saying, Julie, I needed you to trust me all along. Yeah. We raised like 65000 more than we thought we were supposed to. And hmm. I was in the car on the way home and I had this sense of relief, but also of just... I don't know if it was pride, but it was more the sense of like, I'm really glad I stuck that out and I finished it, Mm -hmm. but I'm exhausted. Yeah. I have nothing literally left in me. And it's something my family didn't understand. We were supposed to have family here like five weeks later after that. And I still wasn't ready. Sure. Um, There's some actually real hurt feelings over that. Yeah. Um, And I haven't explained why. Because to be honest with you, Heath, I'm still in the process of healing. So it's yeah. like mm-hmm. having to go back and say, well, let me explain this to you. Like I was actually committing, considering committing suicide. Yeah. And I didn't want to be around anybody at that point. And I had never reached, I don't think I'd ever really had a goal like this that had stretched me to the point of almost death. Yeah. Like I've hiked the Camino. I was a wildland firefighter in, in college. Yeah. Um, I haven't run a marathon, but I've come close. I did six laps at Chambers Bay in one day. Dang. Um, yeah, yeah, you, I've done the point defiance 30 K. Yeah. I mean, I've put myself through a lot of physical sure. exhaustion. I had never been through spiritual and mental exhaustion before. And, and that, that was it for me. Yeah. And the truth of it is, I think it was my literally wrestling with God for two years. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, maybe like this sounds really dark, but like, you know, it says um, he was limping because of his hip. And therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat. I'm tempted to think Jacob's limp never went away. Yeah. I'm curious what happens. Yeah. I don't think it did either. I'm curious what happens like to think of like, what if what if those wrestles end in things that never that that change us who we are? As I was thinking about this last night, I was thinking about you know Paul's uh, you know the thorn in the side, mm-hmm. 
And I was like, I wonder if that was just a limp. Maybe it wasn't like, yeah, I've heard it justified. Like, well, maybe it was a, you know, maybe a chin splints or something. And like, maybe he just was wounded because he spent a couple nights wrestling with God and he walked with a limp the rest of his life. Well, and he was in prison. He was yeah, beaten. Like, he was right. chained. He was shipwrecked. I mean, yeah. you, li- you list out all the stuff that guys yeah. have gone. But yeah. You know, he had diseases and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you're going to be affected by that. Yeah. And I think I was naive as I look back now, you know, um, naively thinking I was going to go work for this organization that, that looks to restore the lives of youth experiencing homelessness and not be changed myself. Yeah. I thought it would be like, Oh, I'm going to feel better about myself as a person. Sure. I'm doing good work. Yeah, yeah. And that was not the case. I came away from it going, wow, I, I almost didn't make it. Yeah. Yeah. And very few people know, besides the two of you in this room, there's only two other people yeah. that know. One was my, obviously is my husband yeah. and my boss. I was yeah. on the phone with him. He, I, I feel terrible, but he was, he was really scared. He's like, I need to know right now. Are you, are you alone? Yes. But my husband's on the way home. Yeah. I need to know that you're going to be okay. Yeah. And I, I was so the shame that I felt in that mm-hmm. moment too of, Oh my gosh, I'm admitting I'm putting out the white flag. Yeah. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that for me probably has been the most humbling experience of coming to the end and realizing I real on my own here, I'm really not I'm not I'm not not worth much. I know yeah. that's not true. Sure. But I, I couldn't fix it myself. Now I sure. will say so that people, if they're hearing this, they don't, they, they don't, first of all, I think depression and mental illness are something that need to be, have retreatment. I have, I have since saw I'm seeking treatment. Yeah. Um, it's something I actually am engaged in. I actually was before that as well, but I think this highlighted kind of some big things to address. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly don't think that people should grit their way through pain and suffering. Yeah. I think that's what I did. Sure. In many respects. Um, I had an opportunity in June, actually, I had a, some, a colleague that said, you know, Julie, I don't want to see you white knuckle your way through this. If you need to leave now, you should. And I, I probably should have, but my pride said, no, I made the commitment that I would stay through yeah. the auction. I've made a commitment to these volunteers. I made a commitment to our, to our stakeholders, to the sponsors. Yeah. You know, I had that sense of like, this isn't, I can't walk away from this. And I feel like nobody really understood that except maybe God himself. Sure. Yeah. And then I'm saying to God, like, you're the worst boss ever. I hate working for you and I don't ever want to do this again. Yeah. And then, but then if you look back and give an honest assessment, you're like, it was maybe a house of cards argument. Cause if any stakeholder was like, yeah, Julie's not going to be at the event because she did something stupid because she was so stressed out about making you happy. They would have been like, are you kidding me? Like, no, I, you know what I mean? Like, and I think the wrestle with God looks so differently too for people. Like mine was, my wrestle started with, um, intellectual pursuits of all things. So that's interesting. Cause I see you as highly intelligent. See, I don't at all. Like I've never, ever, ever, ever I was just ever thinking as that. I was reviewing some of your podcasts the last couple of days, I was sitting there going, man, his, his like well of knowledge oh, see, is pretty deep. See, I don't think that, it's so funny. I mean, thank you. My wife says that too. And I'm like, I just, 
I never did well in school. I never tested well. Like, I, you know, yeah, I, okay. I just never. But do you, I feel like you process information that you're interested in fairly quickly. Yeah. yeah. Synthesizing information is one well, way. Well, yeah. there you go. Yeah. So one of my, the start of mine was, there was, there was many things, but it kind of was, it was a bunch of knockout blows in a row. It was everything from, uh, I had read a book called the myth of a Christian nation that was making me really consider whether or not we were a Christian nation. And then if that wasn't the case, which is what I was always told then what else isn't true. And then I read a couple of theology books that were disorienting and then sub- substantial theological ideologies that I'd always like held on to for security started falling apart. Mm-hmm. And then I read a few more books and then 2016 happened and I'm like sitting here going like, well, maybe the family I thought was my own is not how we th- like, I don't know what, what's going on. And then marriage is falling apart. I'm, you know, for, for undiagnosed, probably an alcoholic as I'm drinking way too much, uh, making stupid decisions and my life sitting rock bottom. I do hallucinogenics. I, I mean, it, it's like everything that I had tried to bank up to doing solid work on myself so that when I had kids, I could teach them in the ways that I was taught was actually the opposite of what I wanted. And now I'm having kids and they're getting older and they're going, dad, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I don't have answers. And one night, uh, I had some friends over and we were sitting on the back porch and, uh, you know, weed is legal. And I was like, "Eh, let's go for it. So we watched this documentary on existentialism and, um, the the future of the universe and and he doesn't think that he's intelligent. Nah, <laughs> Come I, don't on. I don't know. It's just, I'm I'm a nerd. I'll say that. But that in two hours ruined my life, and I I couldn't sleep that night. And it just felt like that was the beginning of sin- sincere darkness. And it was I'd have calls with friends, and they couldn't relate. And I'd talk to my wife, and she couldn't relate. And and all I had was my nights when the kids would go to bed and my wife would go to sleep and I would sit there and I would wrestle and I would wrestle and it felt like it would not end. And I think that wrestling some, I mean, it takes all different forms. Like just recently I've been re-enchanted by the idea of Jesus. Like it's been a couple of years that I've walked away and I think almost the absence makes a heart grow fonder is, mm-hmm. is maybe true. And I always saw this like spiritual progression as, this upward trend, like almost like a, like a graph, yeah. like on a st- stock like you, market. You, have, you, are, you finally have arrived. Like we yeah. get to that point yeah. when you arrived. Yeah. Like a plane getting to its cruising altitude. I think that is a, that is a, I don't think it's intentional, but I think it is a misconception that the church somehow is responsible for. Yeah. Is that we're going to arrive to Christian maturity. Yeah. And when I it's think, God's job to sanctify you. And I'm like, yeah, well, he's doing it backwards with me. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. And one thing is you were talking that I was remembering back to our conversation, why we are, why we're having this conversation Yeah. yeah. is I said to you, and I'm going to say it now Okay. again is I think it is, it is fantastically rare and special that you are willing to pause and to ask those questions, the dark night of the soul questions to sit there and say, wait yeah. a second what's happening here and do I believe this? And, and what if I don't believe it? What does that mean? And to stop, there are so many people that never have that authenticity with God where Mm. they're pausing and asking those questions. Yeah. That's what makes you unique. Mm. And that's one of the things I love about you. And that's what I said to you in the text message was you are authentic before Jesus. Hmm. Thank you. 
Yeah, that means a lot to me because that is a really hard wrestle because my quest is to understand. Like I'm a bull, like I want to figure stuff out. I'm a bulldog and and it felt like I kept knocking on a friend's door and he just wasn't answering. And I'm like, okay, I'll do this again the next night. And then I'm starting to get like, probably the stages of grief. Like, you know, I'm getting mm-hmm. bitter and now I'm getting angry. Now I'm, now I'm pissed. Are you bartering? Yeah. Like now, yeah. Like now, like, <laughs> yeah. okay, Bargaining. did you move? Did you not tell yeah. me why won't like, why did you go silent? What? Like, did you, you, you said ask and seek and knock right. and I've done right. all that and you're, and you're, you're kind of being an asshole. Right. That, that's kind of what I think. I also, you get to that point where I think we're finally honest before God, where God goes, right. okay, you're finally going to admit it. Like you're finally now we can go me, somewhere. Yeah. Now yeah. we can finally. Yeah. Yeah. I and the, was, I and those just, questions change. Cause then it's yeah. like, if this, if this divine creature would ask me right now, like, do you trust that I'm good? I'd be like, I can't know. And I don't even trust you right now. Yeah. Like, and that, see, like, that's the whole, that's the whole <laughs> thing. Like if you're at a point where you don't even trust the person, yeah. you can't really ask the question whether you think they're good. Yeah. Like, you're like, I don't trust you. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But we have to put on, I think you've been in Christian leadership. I've not been on executive leadership, but I certainly have had sure. various responsibilities of forms of leadership sure. where people are looking to you to actually, to be able to say, oh, Ulta, yes, God is absolutely good. And, and how and can he, you lead people where you haven't gone? I'm like, I didn't know I was going to go backwards. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I, I, for me, I think it was, and I don't know about for you, Beth, did you have that moment where you said, Oh my gosh, I am mad at God and I need to forgive him. Like, was that a weird, like, oh, this is a weird, this is a new emotion. Yeah, it was because I think, you know, like, again, I, I'm a very rule follower. I'm a, and I think, you know, I was brought up in a Christian household and I think, you know, who are you to, to question God? Who are you to say what he did, what, um, that he doesn't have your best interest. And was so, there an was, an was there an element of respect there too? Like you respect oh, God, yeah. You well, don't yeah. challenge him. He, right, right. He knows best. He used to be feared and rejected. Right. Like, well, right. If we're supposed to work this thing out with fear and trembling, like I have trembled till I have no energy left. Like yeah. I have been scared shitless mm. for many, many weeks and months, and it felt unending. Yeah. Well, and if you've, you know, I, I know some of your story. Yeah. I won't tell it on your behalf, but I sure. will say, because I can relate to this, and I've had some experience being verbally and physically abused. Yeah, when you've been verbally, verbally, excuse me, verbally and physically abused by someone that was supposed to be a person you trust, yeah, and that's violated, it can therefore make it very difficult looking at God. I've I've realized mm. I placed the same characteristics on Him that I did on parental figures in my huh. life. And I'm now having to learn to redefine that. Interesting, yeah. And it's actually going to be freeing for me to pause and go, now my dad was never physically abusive to me, so I want to make sure I imply it. I, I sure. That is impl- understood. But he was very formative in my shaping what Christianity and theology looked like. My parents divorced when I was five. My mother went completely stage left, mm-hmm. opposite direction. My parents on the value scale are as about as far apart as you can possibly get. Mm. My mother was physically and emotionally abusive to me growing mm. up. And I bounced back and forth between these two households. It had very, very different values. And I had to kind of figure out a little bit on my own what, what worked. 
but my dad shaped a lot of who I thought God was and looked like. Yeah. And I'm realizing now at age 50 that I'm ha- I'm revisiting a lot of those things and going, you know, I think he had that wrong. Hmm. That's not really who God is. Hmm. Use an example of this. I remember a time when I was um, in, I think, junior high, and we had a practice of having breakfast together every day as a family, and my dad would read a Bible, we'd read like a Bible verse and a little devotional, and then we'd pray. And I remember my, my, my dad telling me one time, Julie, you can't pray because you have sin in your life. Whoa. In front of my whole family. I, to be honest, I couldn't even tell you, by the way, if the sin was. How much sin did I have as a seventh grader, right? Yeah. Um, but that was... Mm really formative in my sort of uh being taught that oh you can't approach god if you have any kind of a thought or behavior that's sinful that's got to be separate got to work that out never mind the the two others on the cross yeah i mean well that yeah totally but it was like your what i was being taught was you can't work the stuff out with him yeah you can't work out the parts you're struggling with. Yeah, go off and get better. And when you figured and it better, all out. And then you can come back. And literally, that was the practice. Yeah. It was like, oh, you got to go pray and ask for forgiveness. It's abusive. And then you can come. Yeah. I don't think my dad necessarily believes that today, but I'm working through some things with him right now. Sure. And um, and it's very uncomfortable. Um, we are kind of at odds with one another. Yeah. Um, and I've intentionally not addressed it. Um because I'm trying to figure out some things right now for myself that I need to first. Yeah. You know, I've got a health issue that I'm, that I'm managing. And, um, and I will say that I am as challenging as the last two years are. Yeah. I can say this. I know that God loves me. Hmm. There's been little things over the last couple of months that I've seen him just kind of do on my behalf that are the things that are very personal to me that I know he's talking to me. Um, I think he's trying to teach me right now that my daily, he wants to be part of my daily activities. Yeah. Like I'm starting to say, you know, Lord, what do you think about this? Like I'm starting to ask his opinion and just, just to see like what pops in my head. And I know for people who are hearing this may think it sounds crazy. Like I'm sitting here talking to myself, right? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, one of the biggest challenges I think I have with God is the fact they can't actually see him. Yeah. And I'm a visual learner. Yeah. And a visual person. Yeah. I mean, essentially, he's he's a Santa Claus type character. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways. For respects. lack of better words. I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, it's, the same, it's the same set of belief you're asking people to believe in. Is yeah. this yeah. this creature that is all-knowing and watches everything and knows if you're good or bad and occasionally visits and gives you nice things, but yeah. you never get to experience like that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in my, my upbringing with my father is a lot different. I mean, he was a very loving, a loving, a very loving father. And, and so I think I come from the point of view where I don't want to disappoint. Yeah. And I think I have to, you know, kind of like, okay, this is what, daddy says I need to do this and not question it and um, just get on board. How do you, because you've said twice now that you're a rule follower. What does that look like in relationship with a God figure who like, do you feel like, well, there's certain rules I have to follow to approach God or do you go, the relationship triumphs the rules? Ooh, that's a, that's a really good question. You don't have to have an answer either. I'm just 
curious. Yeah, I... Because my wife's the same way, very much rule followers. And and sometimes like, yeah, but like, and I'm I'm more of like, rules are kind of suggestions. You know, like mm-hmm. they keep <laughs> they keep the general populace safe. It's not like, you know, maintain six feet. Like who has a, who has a ruler out there? To what level of rules are we actually enforcing? Oh, like sure. 56 sure. miles right. an hour is going to get me a ticket? 57? No, it's a leniency of the cop. Like, okay, then the rule's not the rule. Yeah. <laughs> So I just wonder, like, in relationships, when, when there is this, especially if you were raised anything like me, where Christianity is a lot about rules. Oh, yeah. Then people's justification of their their good works tend to be the thing that keep them in good graces with God versus the relationship. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Rules and, and rituals were very, very yeah. important. Yeah. That's difficult. Well, and I think, especially within Christianity, I mean, growing up, it was like we were almost, it, it, Christianity was about behavior modification and yep. behavior management. You know, you, you, as a good Christian girl, you know, you were a lady, respectful, didn't use foul language, yep. certainly didn't have sex before marriage. Yep. Um, you were kind to other people, obedient. You didn't even, the pressure on you to not even dress in a way that might make a person stumble. Oh, like, yeah, exactly. You're there's like a bearing lot of the pressure. burden of keeping others out of yeah, sin. Like that's these, a lot. Yeah, that, and that, that one has <laughs> always kind of irritated me because I'm like, so I have to be, I have to alter myself so that you don't sin. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have a purity culture discussion one of these days yeah, <laughs> on the show. Well, after listening, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I would I'd love to just listen, listen in on that because yeah. I think that... <laughs> I think our idea today of what purity is versus what um, maybe what God has really intended, I think are, are two different things. Totally. Um, and that was a little bit of a side sidetrack. Sorry about that. No, but, you're good. But I can really lay a little bit to, to Beth. I, I mean, for the most part, I'm a pretty much, I'm a rule follower. My husband jokes all the time that I should be a compliance officer. <laughs> um, I think that that's more about just telling people that they're wrong. <laughs> I told Kit, uh, we were watching that. You know what's so funny is I like shows that keep real. Like, I mean, some of my favorite shows are like the Border Security, like, right. or the Border Patrol, or like the cops. Being busted. And I told my wife the other night, like, I would be terrible because I would just, I'm gullible. I'd let anyone go. It'd be like, look, yeah. you got caught oh, with 35. Black, you're right. Those are lawn clippings. You yeah. should bring those in and do some yeah. mulching. Yeah. Black tar. Like, I haven't even seen it. Sure. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. 35 pounds of meth. Who hasn't? Right. Like, identification i know it's hard to carry you don't have a big enough purse yeah we all lose things we like all lose things. i just i as much as i want to be a rule follower i just i can't like i can't well even... okay so stuff like that i will say i have a wider gray area okay when it comes down to like immunization i know some people aren't gonna like hearing that but i've spent conversation with people who have tried to get into the united states and on some that have and yeah. why they tried to do it and why they want to be here and need to be here mm-hmm. so i have a much wider probably grace there it's such a complicated but stupid people who cannot use their left hand turn signal and cross a double line like those people drive me nuts yeah exactly um uh, you know little things like that or i hated wearing the mask but i'm like if i have to wear the stupid thing then put it over your nose too like that that kind of stuff i tend to be but that's all about if i'm really honest it's about equality i'm like if i gotta do it you gotta do it yeah it's not probably so much about the rules and the compliance thing that really that really is about <laughs> telling people they're wrong. Yeah. 
I, I you know one thing that um you said and I don't know if we'll I mean we're at an hour I don't think we'll get through all all the points that you copiously wrote out which I appreciate but one thing I I did want to hit on was when you talk about uh that if we can't be honest with God, we can never be fully honest with ourselves. Wrestling mm-hmm. with God allows us to examine what attitudes and belief we may need to change uh, of, to look at him differently. And I think that's one of the most amazing things through this dark night. And I'll say it's not ended. It's not over. But I have found a deep appreciation of being honest with myself because... It's like, it's like when you engage with a spouse or a coworker or best friend and there's conflict, mm-hmm. it's in that conflict that you really do understand yeah. the relational dynamics and what roles are. And man, my wife was saying this and I was getting so frustrated with her because I thought she was just being this or this, right. but it's actually, no, it, this means so much to her because one of her core values is this that I never understood. And so it really does allow you in that wrestling to become more familiar with who you are, more honest with who you are and where you are. And I think that is one thing that so much of the American evangelical church has just done really poorly is this feeling like, like I just got really sick of going to a church where it felt like I was at Disneyland, like leave your sorrows at the door and let's worship. And I was like, no, there's some real hurt here today. I mean, there's some people that have lost best friends. There's some people that have been sued. There's been some people that wife has cheated on them or vice versa. Like, mm. and we can't put on a fake hat and a fake face. And right. I, and, and so I don't, I don't know where I'm trying to go with that other than like that phoniness to me was more crippling mm-hmm. than anything. It didn't, I think at first it felt like, wow, what an authentic. And, and you hear that a lot. We're an authentic community of people trying to follow Jesus. And I'm like, no, this feels like we're at a costume party, right. and I'm I'm kind of right. done with this. I'd rather sneak out and go well, drink some Jack I think, Daniels. Keith, I think we all want to be in that community that is that is loving and inclusive and understands that we all carry um, uh, burdens and yeah. hurts that that need continual healing. It's not a one time kind of a thing. Yeah, um, I think sometimes we focus on like the one time healing and then it's done. That'd be great, but that doesn't that doesn't work for me. Like I yeah. even like going through forgiveness. You know, sometimes I have to forgive the same person repeatedly. Yeah. Um, but I think it's like what you were saying, you start to really see what's going on and then you can't unsee it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm at now with my own life is I'm Julie Judy and I am not a perfect Christian. Yeah. Right. I don't know what that is. I don't want to try to attain it, but I, yeah. I do know that I love Jesus. Yeah. I recognize that God is the creator of the universe and created me Yeah. and that I'm not alone. And that he doesn't want me to be miserable yeah. for misery's mm-hmm. sake. Did he use the last two years to shape me, hopefully into someone who will be able to not fear uh, suffering again? Yep. Or a period of time that I don't know what's happening or a period of darkness like yeah. you experience where you don't know it's going to be over. I hope now that I can take the, the la- those last two years and go, well, I do know this as, as, as alone and hurt and afraid and misunderstood that I felt, I never did not feel his presence. Yeah. I may not know always what exactly he was saying to me, but I did feel him there. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's the story of back to Job where Job had his two friends that yeah. just sat there. Now, 
unfortunately they talked a week later. They should have just shut up. Yeah. But that, that <laughs> this beautiful illustration of your friend walking in and just being present with you, that's one of the reasons why I wanted Beth to be part of today's discussion because we've shared a lot of life together. Yeah. Beth is one of five people I can count that I would give my life to and mm. for. And also because we have literally shared life together. Yeah. She sat and didn't try to fix things for me. Yeah. I don't, in fact, I don't even think I ever really heard you say, Julie, I think you should quit. Not that I can recall. Mm. I'm sorry if you didn't. I don't remember it. But I don't ever recall you saying, you should quit. I think you just sat there and listened. I got really tired of it, I'm sure. But I think that's part of it, right? Like, yeah. Like when you go visit people in hospitals and stuff, like there's, I don't know what I'm, I'm not a doctor. Like Mm -hmm. I I joke around that I, no, I have my doctor. You are a doctor. I'm a doctor, but I'm not a medical doctor. But I do, but I do have this sense of like, maybe that's part of it. Maybe part of it is just showing up for the wrestling match. I think so. Yeah. Maybe it's not necessarily this American idea of like everything has to be fixed and progressed every time we get together and that everything Mm -hmm. has to be productive. But maybe it's, Maybe it's showing up with somebody with stage four cancer, you like, yeah. and going. There's no agenda. We right. ha- mm-hmm. I'm just here. Yeah, and and that person's sitting. That person probably doesn't even know I'm in the room. But right. there's some sort of mystical sacredness to mm-hmm. to just being in that mm-hmm. sacred space and just sitting. Yeah. Even if it's not like scrapping to the like, you know, fighting for blood. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of it. It's just. It's just honoring this divine enough to just show up to the match and go, you're powerful enough to kick my ass over and over and over and over. But I think you're kind and I think you're good. And I know that's not your goal, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to show up and show I'm tenacious for this thing. Like, I, I, yeah, I never thought about that. You don't have to wear a unihard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you ever watched wrestling? It's such oh, it's an weird. weird sport. Like somebody's got some weird hidden kinky stuff that they're... <laughs> Whoever's behind this stuff is like, I don't, who said like, let's put a, a six foot four, 260 pound dude in spandex in shorts. spandex. Yeah. And then rustle around. Bend them over, get them sweaty. Really close to each other. Yeah. Eh, something's it's weird. It's not pretty. Yeah. Well, and I, I think too, for me, it's like, this is where I struggle with the church as a whole is, you know, some issues are just they're not dealt with and they're they're what a lot of people are struggling with take mental health and and depression i mean i am so sick of people saying just pray about it yeah i mean and and leaving it at that it's not that easy yeah i mean if we want to be real and real with god we need to be real with each other yeah well i think it's a really good point yeah it can't just be sold through medication individually either. Yeah. Right. You're like, okay, we've done that route. I mean, I've taken medication. I'm taking medication. And it helps. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I don't want to go off of it. I've tried that disastrously. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the recognition of like, look, this is this is who I am and all the colors that are there. Yeah. I want to see all of your colors too. Yeah. Let's have a real conversation. It's, if I'm going to say my relationship with God, like you do on Facebook, it's complicated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a good, but worth or, it. yeah. Status. It's complicated. Maybe that's the, the title of today's it's complicated yeah, status. period, but worth it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I didn't No, I think there's something to that. And I think 
you know, I remember going through this struggle and it was like more often than anything, I was, I felt more ostracized by Christian leaders Mm. when I was trying to be honest with the struggle, Mm -hmm. people in Christian ministry versus the comments of, of people that were just casual listeners of the show or friends. Mm -hmm. So many people that were not salaried employees of a church were able to go, Heath, I know this is hell for you, but gosh, you're giving me hope. Like you're not alone. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being honest. I didn't know I could have that permission to be honest. And I deal with people in the church. Most of those opinions were like, hang in there, brother. It's, you know, it's the calm before the storm, light at the end of the tunnel. And that just that patronizing Hallmark card bowl. Yeah. You just want to say, please say say nothing. Yeah. Please. Like, yeah. 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 Maybe you should go wrestle a bit. (laughs) Here's your unitard. Yeah, exactly. But I'm like, man, I think just the, the honesty of, of going, no, it's not good. Things are not good. Mm -hmm. Like, there were a few times even, you know, when, when you do that typical, the American green, like, Hey, how are you? Like checkout clerk. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, how are you? And I'm like, I don't know. And they like short circuit. Cause no one's ever told them that. Like, okay. Well, I right. had that happen to me several years back in 2015. We had just lost our cat, mm. Kana, and I couldn't find my shovel. Mm. And we decided we were going to bury him in our backyard. And my husband was home, the flu. So it was up to me Yeah. to drive to Lowe's. And I'm standing in the line. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but because it was not funny at the time. But yeah. <laughs> I go up to the cashier and I've got all I have is a shovel. Yeah. And she said something like, Oh, I hope you're up for a fun. Oh, I hope you're doing something fun today with that. And I said, Nope, I'm about to go bury my cat. And then I walked away. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what that- I left that poor woman with going. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) and that was probably the most depressing piece of yard utensil I've ever had to purchase, Mm -hmm. but I just couldn't fake it. I couldn't go, oh, thank you. You know, I'm going to do some yard work. Yeah. I was just like, no, I got to go bury my cat. Well, and I think Mm. talking about faking it, I think, you know, I guess for me, that's kind of a little bit what church is, is because... Number one, the church is geared around family. Yeah. I don't have a family. I don't even have a partner. Yeah. And so, so much of this stuff doesn't relate to me. Yeah. And then on top of that, I suffered depression. So it's like, yeah, let's just all go to church and be, you know, grateful for all of our blessings. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't feel that way all yeah. the time. I don't want to take a couple hours on the only day off a week I have to go put on a fake face for something I'm not I've stopped singing Hmm. now I love music it is I I can't express how much how much I listen to it how much I it encourages me and and motivates me and I love a huge wide berth of music sure but I've gotten to the point where on Sunday morning where I'm listening at the music of the words and I'm like I don't feel this right now I'm not gonna fake it yeah it doesn't mean I don't think God's good I don't love him and all those things but I can't, I can't say something yeah. that I don't feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the song, I mean, my, my career has been in Christian music and leading music in the church. And, and you're so gifted at that. Well, thanks. I don't do it much yeah. anymore, but you know, um, the more and more I hear the songs coming out, it, it really does remind me like most of these songs don't have struggle in it. Yeah. It like, well, 
Uh, the, Lauren Bacall, I think, has got a couple of songs. Yeah, I know. think. I mean, or, there are no, some. Lauren Daigle, not Bacall. Yeah. I just uh, that was an American actress who's passed away. There are some <laughs> that do, but I think by and large, I've, I'm in the same boat. Like, I'm just sitting there going, like, this. This feels like milk to me still. Well, there's some yeah. Christian songs that if you didn't know it was actually a Christian song, you'd think they were talking about a lover. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, Jesus. I one my of my boyfriend. kids in my art in one of my art programs said that one. She goes, you know, Miss Julie, if you didn't know it, that would just sound like he was talking about a, about a girlfriend. Yeah. Well, and I was Keith... like, oh my gosh, totally. Or she'd say, or oh, that God is stalking you. Oh, that's even creepier. <laughs> He's looking in your windows. Yeah, yeah. You know, Keith Green, the old Christian songwriter. Oh, he had a, I remember Keith Green. Oh. He was, he, I think he died a couple months before I was born. Oh, in a plane crash. Plane crash, yeah. Yeah. But he, was, he had a line that said, he said, Christians don't speak lies, they sing them. Wow. And I just thought wow. like, wow, that is convicting. Yeah. Like how many, how many times do we make promises and in our songs that we don't really intend, but we get away with it. We were really cheated, I think, of his life not being here longer on yeah. earth because the impact that he made in a very short period of time. Oh, yeah. My dad was in Christian radio my early formative early years of life when I was for, like born in the first couple of years and so I grew up listening to Christian music in fact yeah. we were only allowed to listen to Christian music I yeah. had all of my Phil Collins tapes were erased oh, now that is a that is now, the unforgivable sin he, yeah he's my dad has since you know apologize for that and in fact come to found out like he was a loved Led Zeppelin and I'm like really dad you know and like the we still have arguments over the Beatles songs that you know like Lucy in the Sky I'm like dad that's a drug song no yeah. it's not I'm like yes yeah, it, it is. is yeah it is you know we all live in a yellow submarine um <laughs> like come on I mean seriously dad but um Keith Green really he was such an authentic yeah beautiful soul and it's like we need more people like that on the earth and I think yeah you have that in you. Oh, I you. have that yeah. in me. Yeah. Beth has it in it. It's yeah, just, yeah. we have to allow that to come out. I yeah. think we have to give ourselves permission to say, to be the light in this world, we have to speak truth. Yeah. And the truth is, I don't always like what God is either asking of me or I don't really get him sometimes. Yeah. I still think he's worth paying attention to though. Yeah, I do too. And I think... You know, just to close it up here. Um, Three hours later. Yeah, yeah. People start going like, "Okay, give them an hour." I gotta go make dinner. Yeah. Um, Feed the hog. I think that. You know, it's 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 nice to go on this side. Like again, I'm not through. I would say, I don't even see light much at the end of the tunnel. Maybe a little something, but my views on what is important spiritually and what the sacred is and what divine is is so much bigger right now than what it was. Mm. And I'm excited to see, even though this is spiritually, like my thoughts on eternity and I mean, everything has fallen apart, but it's bigger and it's better and it's more beautiful than it's ever been. And I don't know, I mean, we we'll do this again in two years and I'll be in a different spot. It might be better, might be worse, but like, I can say if you're willing to go in the struggle and you're willing to start wrestling mm -hmm. that I think the divine honors that. And I think the divine shows up and meets you there. Like it'd be a different story if, if Jacob sent off his wives and, and all that over the river and his possessions and, and no one showed up. Mm -hmm. The fact is someone showed up and said, you wrestled and you succeeded. And right. I think God That's honors. That's true. You're right. He actually yeah. wrestled with God. And yeah. And, and, and God admits 
you succeeded. Yeah. And I think, I think there's, if nothing else, there's an A given for genuine effort. And, uh, and so I think that's my encouragement to people listening is like, engage that struggle, engage that doubt, engage that wrestle. Um, and I think there's going to be something beautiful on the other side. And if not, you'll die trying. There you go. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heath in Pursuit podcast. We look forward to being back with you next week. For more information on the various works of Heath Hollandsby, please visit heathinpursuit.com.